helping you tune out your annoying workmate. You're listening to Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ. Two massive events starting tomorrow, really. The Ashes and, of course, the US Open. We've had him on before, Mark Ferguson, a long-time golf and cricket bookmaker up there in the Northern Hemisphere. So we got him back on. Welcome back in, Mark. G'day, Staff. How you doing, mate? Good to, uh, good to speak to you. Yeah, good. Oh, look, I'm good. Um, Justin Rose went all right last major. I'll put my little top five and top <laughs> ten bet on him again this year to get me out of the woods. <laughs> uh, well, that's an interesting way to start because obviously I, I was going to start by apologising to, to your uh, your key key listeners and obviously Harris English uh, and, and Brendan Todd didn't didn't quite well didn't miss the cuts. There were no near nowhere near top twenty finishes. But God, it's hard. It's hard, isn't it, when you're trying to forecast uh, major championships, especially with with no course form to go on. But but let's hope we can go a little better this time. Yeah, and it's the um, LA Country Club. It's like, it's weird, the US Open, and, I, and I'm pleased I'm talking to you because you go through a process of elimination and it, US Open courses are set up bloody hard, like really hard. And so you can put a line through quite a few. Do, do you take the same approach when you're trying to whittle down this US Open field? The hard thing, and I said, just go back to that initial comment, when you've got a course which has no course form whatsoever, so Oak Hill, um, where we talked to the PGA, you know, had some form lines, okay, admittedly going back 20, 30 years, but it had form lines. The LA Country Club, apart from uh, a Pac-12 amateur event in 2013, there's, there's, no, there's no form at all. It's... Um, Basically, it's a course for the for the rich and famous. But until recently, they didn't want um, tournaments there. So it, it is very very difficult. And also, you hear comments in the press and the media about, oh, the course is is, is, is playing really tough and it, the, the rough can be brutal. And then this week, we've learned that uh, that the recent weather hasn't enabled the rough to grow as the USGA wanted to. And we're talking about potential scoring records being broken. So it is very very difficult to get a read on it. But then we go again to the whole USGA process, hitting fairways, um, stellar short games, and, and and that kind of real par, where par is, is a good score. Those those guys that, that can be around one, two under will, will obviously have a good chance. But I throw the caveat is I've, I've heard that, you know, 10 under may win this week. But but yeah, look, you, you still can go back to the basics, but, but it's not the easiest one to forecast. Yeah, and I, I just, you straight away look at the first thing I do is, who's the favourite? Who's the favourite? And, of course, it's Scotty Scheffler. And for me, Mark, Scotty Scheffler can play in any weather, on any course, favouring left to right, right to left, good putter, good job. He, he's the complete package. Oh, he is the complete package. But, you know, we talked about this last time. Everything in, in life and in sport has a price. And, uh, you know, top price, I think you had, I'm guessing he's he's about seven dollars on on yeah. on the TAB. He's no better than that, and the English European bookmakers. And I can't touch him at that price in the sense he just can't he can't seem to get over the line. I mean, that wonderful performance of the Players' Championship, but he and he's been in contention pretty much every other week. It, I struck me at the Memorial two weeks ago. He didn't really that play that well. He made the cut on the number, and bar a sloppy bogey on 17, he would have found himself in the playoffs. <laughs> but it's just that point that he's not quite getting it 
done. And, and with putting frailties, and he's talking about changing putters this week, that's clearly in his head. You know, you can't avoid statistics. These players look at statistics, particularly Rory. He's all over certain numbers and, and, and all that kind of stuff. And he's aware, Rory's aware, Scotty's aware of where their frailties have been. And, and Scotty Shepherd, it's obvious, it's been on the green, but that's really, really difficult to address. You know, it, mentally, that must be very difficult when you're you know, two or three shots better than everybody else to the green and then inferior to them on the green. So I, I couldn't have Shepherd this week. But yeah, you're right. He is the man to be. If you could have any man against the field, he would be the man, but I, I certainly wouldn't be putting any money on him this week. We had doubts about the Live Golfers returning to the PGA Tour. We sort of put pencil lines through them last time, um, but gosh, uh, it showed that... Well, we, 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 yeah, we put pencil lines to a degree. I mean, I, I did make the comment that the, the competitive advantage yeah. uh, that, that the, the PGA Tour players at the Masters had had definitely gone by the time of the US. USPGA. I talked about the fact that those that they the USPGA players um, were not going to have that advantage. And sure enough, Brooks Kepka. Uh, I couldn't have him at the price. I did mention that that um, I did think he'd be contending with with DJ amongst the top live players. But yeah, he he was magnificent, wasn't he? He was absolutely magnificent. And with all the palaver that's gone on this week, yeah, I mean, you, you, you certainly wouldn't be writing off any of those guys whatsoever. But but look, Kepka's price. 50 to 1 of the Masters, 22 to 1 at the USGA. What is he? 12 to 1 this week. 12 bucks this week. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Um, it is crazy. And I'm interested to see if Rory McIlroy can put all the unrest of the last couple of weeks about this new World Golf League or whatever they're going to call it, whether he can just focus on his game. Well, do you think he can? I mean, I think that's, a, that's pie in the sky. I mean, he looks yeah. so distracted, doesn't he? He looks a forlorn figure for, for me, Staff. Yeah, same. Yeah, same here. So where do, where do we point to? Well, let, let's get into the nuts and bolts. I can go through all these players and have comments on, but there's so many of them. I'll, actually, one I do yeah. want to ask you about, Colin Morikawa. It's his home course. Um, yeah. like, the, the, the drums are beating for him in New Zealand in this tournament. What's your thoughts on Colin Morikawa? Well, I, I've, I've got three. The three golfers I like this week for various markets uh, are Victor Hovland, Colin Morikawa and... Uh, Minwoo Lee. I know he's not a, a Kiwi, um, but he's across. He's from across the ditch. He's um, nearly. Let's start with Morikawa. <laughs> yeah, nearly. Yeah, you can. You. I don't think you Kiwis would claim him, but no. uh, <laughs> but yeah. Look, look, look. Yeah, absolutely. That's the consensus. What Colin Morikawa? Yeah, he's on my shortlist, but he's not on my staking plan. He's not on my staking plan because of that withdrawal two weeks ago when two shots off the lead going to the final round at Memorial. Uh, when you withdraw uh, in those circumstances, I believe it was a, a serious back spasm as opposed to a back, uh, you know, a, a, some kind of residual injury. Uh, I have to have grave concerns when putting the, the readies down on a player that's withdrawn two weeks ago. Mm. But yeah, I looked at Morikawa uh, and I looked at his US Open record, uh, fourth and fifth last couple of years. He's a player that I admire greatly, a great iron player. Struggled with his driver, but because the fairways average 43 yards wide this week, I think you're going to get away with more errant drives than normal in US Open. Still going to be a premium on driving, but that's why I looked at Morikawa. But yeah, his course knowledge plays great in, 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 um, in California. But for the reasons of injury staff two weeks ago, I, 
I couldn't be mon- putting money on him. But look, I understand the that there is there's definitely a place for Morikawa for, for for punters out there. It's just not for me. But he was on my list of three. So I mean, let's 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 add that restriction in the sense that I strongly considered Colin Morikawa, mm. but he doesn't get my money. All right, Victor Hovland's an interesting one. He's uh, my producer's golfer for the U.S. Open this week. What, what do you like about him? Well, well, your producer's ears will be listening in that case. It'll be, be lit up when when we talk here. Uh, yeah, Mark Hovland, I, I've been waiting for him to win on U.S. soil. Uh, all his PJ Tour wins have been uh, either in, in Mexico uh, or, or, or Hawaii. He's, he's certainly not won in, in mainland America until two weeks ago. Uh, and, and that was a real U.S. Open attritional final round. Um, he produced three under par where everybody else was faltering on the back nine. Plus tough in, in, in the playoff. Uh, I, yeah, I really rate Hovland. I've rated him for a long time. Uh, if you look at his performance in majors over the last year, he's been bang there. Bar that crazy shot in the bunker uh, towards the, I think it was on 16 in the final round where Kepka won the PGA um, last month. He, he looked very much the winner himself. And, and I think he's going to take a lot of confidence from, from that win at, at Jack Nicholas's Muirfield Village. And he just ticks all the boxes statistically. You know, drives it away. Phenomenal iron player. A solid putter. The key for me, which puts me, which makes him my headline bet, is that I think the rough this week, certainly around the green, looks very, very iffy, as in pretty rough. I mean, it, it, not only that, because it's the, the type of grass they haven't played on Bermuda um, for, for 75 years. Well, sorry, they've not been in LA for 75 years. They've not played in Bermuda at the US Open since 2005. Now, this Bermuda grass can be so unpredictable. I.e., you know, you could you could hit it in there one hole and it'd be sitting up at the top, and and the next hole would be right at the bottom. What I'm saying about this is Victor Hovland's weakness is with the short game. It's improved immeasurably, but it's still his Achilles heel. I think it's a level playing field around the green. I think it's going to be. Again, it's very hard to weigh everything. But I think it's going to be tough around the green. And if that's a level playing field, Hovland's laughing. And I think that gets it done this week. And, and for me, Victor Hovland is the winner this week. Right, you're going to force us to talk about an Australian then, Minwoo Lee. Um, <laughs> I've, I've, I've just seen he's paying 11 bucks for a top 10, so I'll let you talk about him. <laughs> okay, uh, it's not the top 10 I'm going to go with. I'm going to go with the top Australian, not the top Australasian. Uh, I see the TAB are paying eight bucks for this. Yeah. Um, and if, if we look at, let's get the market up here. Uh, the top of the tree, Cam Smith, Jason Day, Scott Lucas Herbert, Cam Davis, and then Carl Phillips. I've never even heard of him. I presume he's an amateur. Um, but Minwoo Lee, look, he's been impressive. Young lad, 24 years of age, uh, final final group uh, the Players' Championship shot 76, but ended up you know, tied 6, is still very impressive. I mean, he's, he's raw. This kid is raw. But he's got raw, raw talent. Uh, he, he's driving, you know, he's long, uh, his, his iron plays pretty steady. He's got phenomenal creativity around the greens for a young guy. And I think it's that around the greens this week that interests me. I think you're going to need a lot of flare shots. Uh, he's, he's a very confident putter. And he's not scarred. He's not battle scarred like a lot of these guys are. 
And and I think from reasonably off the radar uh, at the prices, I think you know eight eight bucks for to be top Australian again. And of course that omits your great uh, great hope, Ryan Fox. So Foxy has a great week. You don't need to worry because he's not even in the market. <laughs> All right, brilliant. Okay, you've given us uh, so your number one's Victor Hovland and. And we we chuck in Morikawa, maybe a top five or ten, and then the top Australian men we leave. Well, I'll, I'll note that down on my bet slip. Uh, but we've got to come... note note that note that down. Yeah, yeah. Uh, before we go, I know you you're probably you're known for golf, but probably better known and more frothing the cricket. And the Ashes <laughs> gets underway uh, tomorrow night, New Zealand time. We've got the commentary here on ECNZ. Um, for a, for a, for a cricket. Test series that doesn't involve New Zealand. We absolutely love the Ashes here, and it's just we've got a little bit of investment in Brendan McCullum, who was our very first breakfast show host on the station. Actually, he's coaching England now. He's changed the landscape there. You're, you're massive into cricket. How do you forecast what's going to happen in this series? Well, I I've been saying a few times on, on my podcast recently. I've, I've hinted at the fact that I really strongly fancy Australia mm. and and uh, yeah there's nothing nothing to put me off well, strange enough Jack Leach's injury gives uh, England a better chance I know it sounds ridiculous because of, of Jack Leach being allegedly England's best spinner but I don't rate Jack Leach in the slightest uh, I think Australia put into the sword <laughs> 18 months ago. Tell when, us what when we you really out. think. Tell us what you Yeah, think. all the time. You've got to, you've got to, you've got to say what you think. Look, clearly he's a great cricketer. Um, but, but, but for me, uh, he's not an international class option. Uh, no way at all. And you compare him to Nathan Lyon, for example. Yeah. And you look at Australia's tax. So let's get away from Leach, but, but let's talk about Australian tax. You know, coming. Hazelwood, Stark, uh, Lyon. Hazelwood may not even get the gig. Scotty Boland's doing the business there. And, and that middle order. Look, yeah, you could say that the Kawaja um, and, and Warner is sitting ducks at the top of the order. Warner's probably going to get a good one from the England team attack in the first five ten overs. Um, but then Lavishane, Smith, Head, you know, th- these, th- this, is, this is impressive. This is a hell of a middle order for me. And, and that is where... The engine room is going to be one. You know, Alex Carey, Cam Green, six seven or vice versa. Um, these guys are Cam Green's getting to know his work, but what a cap for yeah, the guy can feel. What a do you see that cap he took? Yeah. Um, I think to the Shrek Pajara or something in that in that international in the world championship final. But look, they're the complete package. Um, Smith, I think he scored three thousand and forty four ashes runs. He's 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 looking to overtake Steve War. Then he's just got Jack Hobbs and, of course, the, the Don himself. I don't think he's going to break Don Bramman's record, but uh, Steve Smith is, is all class. And, and I think that he really wants to, to, to tick off. Uh, he said that winning in England will, will tick off a bucket list thing. So, yeah, I, I think England um, are up against it. I think Australia are going to win comfortably. If you're looking for a scoreline, um, I'm boldly and potentially outrageous. I hope people, uh, my countrymen, aren't listening to this. Um, I'm going to go four-one Australia. Really? Four-one Australia. Yeah. Weather-wise, um, people are saying that. I mean, the forecast uh, is a little iffy for day four and five at Edgbaston, but I don't think it, it doesn't get to day four and five it, the way the baz baz balls unfolding. Um, and look, big credit to, to what McCullum's done. Let me take nothing away uh, when I say I fancy Australia four-one. 
what McCullum has breathed into this England side has, has been nothing short of magical. Uh, he plays, or you know, he's not playing himself, but the way he plays the game um, was with a breath of fresh air. And he's just said to Ben Stokes and the side, "You guys go and go and play." And I think he backed, you know, he backed all those players. Zach Crawley, you could argue, is very, very lucky to be playing Test cricket with what he's done in the last two years. Jack Leach as well, but he backed Jack Leach and he said, "Go and bowl." and and just and Ben Stokes back into the hilt, but I do think it's an advantage getting Mo and Ali back. Um, Mo and Ali, he hasn't bowled red ball cricket for a couple of years, but he's classy, Mo and Ali. I think the Aussies will still get after him, and I think um, he's not the player he was. But uh, strange enough, it gives England a better a better chance than with Lee. But look, all things factored in, Australia four one for me. Um, here's the here's the reaction of the English cricket public changed in the way they support the England cricket team with the arrival of Bears. Like, he's he's very laconic, very laid back, and I laughed, I can't remember, I think it was Lords, and he's walking around in rugby shorts and jandals during the warm-ups, um, or thongs, I don't know what you call them over there. Um, and yeah. and has, it, has it loosened a little bit of the stiff upper lip with the English aristocracy? Oh, I, I think that's loosened um, uh, quite a while ago, Staff. I, I think... Yeah, he's very, he's massively respected, uh, hugely respected. The media loves McCullough. What isn't to love about the guy? You know, he, he just goes around with a smile on his face, takes accountability. That's the great thing about McCullough. The only test they lost on his good, you know, he's, he's going out the same way, you know, I'll own that, I'll own this, I'll own that. He, he never takes any of the credit. He'll only take accountability uh, if, if they get beat. And I think you'll probably have to take a fair bit of that this summer, but that's not going to change. That's not going to change the way English people look at McCullum. Uh, I think we've always, Brits always have an affinity for Kiwis. Uh, I think we love the way you, you play your sport and, and the way you handle yourselves. And, and I think he's just all class for me. That's my personal opinion. And it's a, it's a view echoed by a lot of my friends. Whether the aristocracy uh, agree, I, I think they do. No, he's a bit of a hero over here. He really is. He's like the naughty boy that lives next door, isn't he, for them? that Yeah, I quite like it. Hey, uh, Mark, we've got to push on. Uh, thanks heaps for your time. We'll yeah. follow the US Open and the Ashes all at once. It's going to be a fantastic weekend. Well, let's good. The fingers crossed for Hovland and, and Minwoo Lee this time. They hope they fare better than English and Todd do. <laughs> yeah, brilliant. Cheers, buddy. We'll catch up again. Absolute pleasure, Steph. Take care and good luck to all your listeners out there.